0: plushcare.com slash loss
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Red Men Weekly Podcast. Hope all is well wherever you are. This is the show where we bring you the best clips from our Red Men Plus content from the last week or so. Just to let you know, we are run the special offer at the moment over on redmenplus.com. If you want to subscribe as a monthly captain for a free month, simply enter the code CLOP. Klopp K-L-O-P-P when you sign up as a monthly captain subscriber you'll get your first month completely free if you don't like it you can cancel it you won't be charged if you do like it and want to stay with us or hopefully you do then yeah that'll be great as well but you get a completely free month to go and watch or listen to these shows in full redmenplus.com promo code Klopp get yourselves involved we'll make a start then with the final word show yes Liverpool for Newcastle United 2 on New Year's Day the Reds emphatically beating the Magpies. It was a great day. And to chat about the game, I had Lewis and John Reid in the studio so here. Yeah, check out this clip from the final word show. But John, I'll start with you. Um, the most one-sided 4-2 I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, in, in in years gone by, you'll just be flicking through. Well. you go, ah, 4-2, that must have been a close game. And it feels like 4-2 flatters Newcastle to death. I felt... It was one of the most one-sided games I've ever seen, <laughs> and the scoreline probably doesn't quite reflect that.
3: Nah, it doesn't. I, am, I was dead happy a full time when the XG thing came out. About the, uh, obviously the highest XG on record, because mm. you know stats stats can uh, I think sometimes sort of you know be controversial with some fans in terms of how they tell a story of a game and stuff. But I just think that tells the story, and I, I agree with you. I think sort of when the match ended, you were like. Oh, of course we were going to win. Like we were brilliant. Like that—that that might have been the most complete performance I've seen from us in ninety minutes. But in the game, it, it didn't always feel like that at the time. So, but um, no, we we just had too much of them, and just you know they do spell. Obviously, we'll go into it. But like some of the spells in the game, I think that they had actually sort of come from us. You know, sort of taking the air off the ball a little bit. Um, they're just brutes. <laughs> There's lots of really big fellas who all look gassed and have played too much football. Um, and obviously we did the build up as well and said similar things but it, it turned out to be the case but um, nah just comprehensive it was exactly what I wanted after all the 40 over Christmas
2: Yeah, John, Lewis John mentioned the XG highest XG ever, ever in the Premier League 7.27 two penalties help, that don't get me wrong like having two pens does help your XG but you know I think it was like it was in, in the first half they had a 2.5 XG 18 shots on target like if mm. you into your stats basically Liverpool got loads of shots in, in loads of good areas it did feel like one of those where the only way we were going to ever lose that is if we just didn't quite, you know, mm. you, you obviously have to convert them and you've got to keep the back door closed and we'll go through the instance in a moment, but pretty much from the often, you know, but, but Newcastle and John's right, they are struggling a little bit fitness-wise, injury-wise, but like, they are a Champions League club, they played Champions League this year and for the most part they wiped the floor with them.
0: Yeah, we got. I think we played them at the right time, um, yeah. not in bad form at the minute, a lot of injuries, a lot of games. And we, from the minute off, like you said, we just we got at them. We gave them a real go. Um, they didn't really have the energy to compete, especially at Anfield. And you look at them earlier this season, we went to St. James Park. It's night and day, the difference in their team at the minute, and we took real advantage. I did, when we got to time we hadn't scored in the back of my mind. I was thinking, oh, it's going to be another Man United game this where it's, We pepper them with shots and just can't break them down. But, you know, fair play to Newcastle's I suppose resilience in the first half, but ultimately just way too much for them. Far too many options coming off the bench for us, and it was a game that a lot of people thought we were going to dominate. I didn't think it was going to be quite as easy as it was to an extent, but you know, got the job done. Three points, happy days.
2: I think you could tell us from the start. Obviously, on the back of a couple of disappointing results, and I think disappointing results, maybe John, especially the United one. I don't think the draw with Arsenal was the end of the world, really. And the performance in mm. that game was okay. Um, this one, obviously, was a bit different. Um, it felt like from the from the off, Liverpool were on it, like attack wise. Like they have shots within, I think, like two minutes. I like, felt like they were all over Newcastle, and they started really, really quickly. Got the crowds involved, got themselves invested, and it did feel like. Maybe learning your lessons of, listen, Arsenal were up, what, five minutes? You know, in the mm. last home game, they, they were all over. They started really quick and got the early goal. It felt like Liverpool really started laying lay a marker down early doors. You're like, we're, we're coming for you. They did,
3: and they've a few opportunities this season to sort of, you know, sort of state that. You know, I'm thinking about like the Luton game, United, Arsenal as well, where they developed opportunities to sort of go, right, okay, we don't want to talk about the league in interviews post-match or whatever but like on, on the pitch yeah you know, we, we know where we are Um, and th- this this was the first game I think where, where they've sort of took that from minute one I think sort of throughout the course of the season you've seen us get better and better for longer you know we we're, were dominating the ball you know we are dominating in terms of creating chances but also having shots and, and making opportunities and it, it was just it, it was like as if everyone went out from and like the, none of the pressure or of anything you know sort of being one of the last games on from sort of the you know the weekend, if you want to call it that, but the week of festive fixtures. Um, the none of that seems to weigh on them, and like you know the what I like, I think this season or or what's been you know really enjoyable, I guess as a fan is is the freedom of which we play. None of them ever seem phased by anything. none of them seem. I mean, obviously, don't know how well it translates necessarily for people watching at home and stuff. But like the, the weather. Yes, he was around this, you know, like you know, you, you, you watching that and like you, you I, you know, I, I didn't necessarily even want to be out in that, like playing ninety minutes of fuzzy. but like you, you, to to go out in all that and to just suddenly just show up and be what you know, you know, obviously at the minute the best team in the league, but one of the best teams in the league certainly, um, from minute one is is just great, and it's it's not something that you know I feel great being effusive about it because it's not something I was ready for this season
2: after you know none of us expected us to be as sort of complete if you like as what we have been I suppose well it was like the the starting quick thing, I think like Liverpool within 20 minutes could be three up. They have trench one, which is just wild. I think the flex off mm. Botman. They have the, the Bravka makes a really good save a little bit later on again with Nunes-esque. Then they have the goal that is just, I did offside. Like you can't, the line proved that it, Nunes was just off, but it was just off and it would have been a really good goal um, if they'd have got it. But 20 minutes in and then they get the penalty. It does feel like up to that point, you're thinking, wow, we are we are all over these easier mm. This could be, this could be a cricket score because it could have been.
0: Yeah, it really could be. And that, when you think like Premier League classic game, that had everything in it. And ultimately, we should have been farther ahead. I think mean, Gary Neville said it during the commentary, like we should have been four five nil ahead by half time the way we were playing. Um, the fact that it took the penalty to break it down just shows how like, A, how resilient Newcastle were, but B, we just couldn't quite get it over the line. So, Thankfully, got the penalty when we did. Um, yeah, I, like I said, there's not. It, it, it was just one of our best attacking displays this season. And I've noticed as well, we are pressing teams so much more now at this stage of the season compared to at the beginning. We were a bit more standoffish. Now, we're not showing any sort of hesitation. We're getting at teams putting them to the sword straight away. And we've shown once again at home that because Van Dijk's back to his best at the moment, we've had Endo in that solid number six role. There's number one. Um, You know we're we're able to the forward players are able to press a lot more and it's really paying off. And against the Newcastle team, who the defense has been so sluggish lately and haven't been able to keep up with teams, it it just they couldn't handle it. And you know it it showed from minute one right till the end.
2: I suppose if we speak about incidents, then let's talk about the first penalty. Did the the award? I I was quite taken aback by how people, Mm. how many people thought it wasn't a pen. Like Mm. again, I was watching at home um, for me sins. guy okay, never, on I couldn't listen to anyone after in the end. But like he's like he's he's he at said he dived and then he goes, Well he's been caught and then he's gone it feels like it feels to me, John like I think that is. I don't think he dives. I don't. Mm. I think Jota later on fears the contact and falls over. Mm. I don't think the contact makes Jota fall over. And we'll touch upon that later. I do think this contact makes Diaz go because he effectively stands on his leg, and it's almost like he slips out the way of it. And I felt like this was a, just a legit straightaway balance. I, I was surprised that and I don't know. his other foot takes a step, but he's off balance, and then he goes like, mm. "I." What were your thoughts on this Diaz one?
3: I, I mean, he, he, you know, live, as in, like, in the moments, uh, thoughts straight away, pen, you yeah, just the way... It's it's not just that, you know, he, he It looks he goes, like a pen, doesn't it? It <laughs> looks like a pen, like, it's the, way, it's the way he falls, you know, you're like, that, that's a penalty. Seeing it back, I mean, again, like, anything you watch in slow-mo, you know, looks... I don't say looks worse in the sense of, like it looks more like a pen, it looks less like a pen, it does look like he's being theatrical, but... Um, I, I thought it was, not I mean, like, you know, to be sort of moving at that speed, that close to goal... You know, like, I just suddenly be thrown off balance. Of course, you're gonna like you're gonna try and stop yourself, take another step, mm-hmm. as you say, and then and then go. But um the controversy around that and around some of the other stuff. I mean, again, I'm sure we'll we'll get on to, we'll get onto it at some point. But the referee around the whole game. He's um, shite. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, he,
2: he's crap. He was yeah. crap on both teams. He's yeah. absolutely crap. Lads got buckens who didn't deserve buckens. Yeah. There was lads who deserved buckens on both teams who yeah. didn't get them. He was he, he just. Once he didn't book Joe Linton it felt like fell off but mm. I actually think the big decisions I think he got both penalties probably right the offsides mm. are both right mm. like it, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of those his actual managing of the game was crap but I think in these situations he probably got them spot this one at least he probably got spot on
3: no, I think he did and you know we it, it... It's one of those things as well, isn't it? Where like you, you don't sort of want this. Well, I mean, we do obviously, but like you don't necessarily want the crowd always to run the game if you like things mm. like that. And you know, as a referee, you've got to sort of be be strong and say no. Uh, there might be too much of that in the in the game at the minute, certainly this season. But um, you could feel it. I think. I mean, it, obviously, there's the rules of the game, but like we dominated that much of that game that we were like, of course, it's a pen. Like, that's the only thing they can do at this stage, to stop us getting cold. Because that wasn't the first time we'd been in their box. It wasn't the first shot we'd had in their box kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so now, for me, 100% a pen. And, you know, Diaz as well, you know, it's borne out in in his performance. I think, you know, it wasn't just that he was lucky and he happened to be in the box and had the ball passed to him. Like, you know, he helped make that, he helped make some of the other goals. And right up until he went off, for me, he was probably the best player on the pitch, so...
2: Fair enough. Let's talk about the first penalty then. When it's been given, it was most Salah. I actually watched his post game and listened to it. He was speaking to McAliga, and he he kind of admitted the goal he got in his head. He was like he was moving, he was waving. I saw him talking to the goalie coach. So for fucking, I just whack it down in the middle. Yeah. His run up looked different. It feel like it was all Felt rushed. rushed yeah. It was like we waited for ages for the VAR check, and the ref was whistle, and then Salah was taking the pen. Usually, and he did that on the second one. Later on, he takes his breath. He does. He used to do a little sh- shuffle thing that feels like it's gone now, but. I thought He never looked composed, which is really odd for Mo Salah. Like, that's usually most Salah's thing. I mean,
0: maybe it was, I don't know if it was because the pitch was quite slippy. A lot of people said there were people online saying that maybe he didn't want to do the big run-up just in case, you know, he does slip or something like that. Yeah, it, it just felt really rushed. And I know Salah's technique is sort of just hit it and hope kind of thing. He's got to sort of, if I don't know where it's going, you know, as the keeper going to know? But it just, it didn't feel right. And even if, if you're going to do that, just blast it. At least try and go for a far corner. He just—it's a bit too central. It's a good height for Debrav. crew. He's quite a tall keeper anyway. And then Trent's follow up. Now nah, it's worse. Look, it's—it's—it's it's, <laughs> it's an awful attempt. And look, it, it's easy to say that, but in this situation, he's got defenders closing him down. He's the ball's quite high, dropping to him. He just maybe just doesn't have enough time to set himself, and it sort of just hits the outside of his boot. So it, it can happen. Um, it's just a shame, I think, that it happens to Trent because you know. Of all the players you expect to be able to bury that chance, he's the one you'd think. And you know, is where it is. Just a mishmash of stuff that just went wrong, to be honest. It
2: was interesting, John, because they are two usually of Liverpool's most composed players. They are two of Liverpool's leadership group. They're usually, you know, Trent's vice captain of the club. Salah's up that he's captain of the club as well. And it does feel like in, in both of them, they kind of. I don't know if the, the occasion got to them, the fact that the ref was doing what everyone's heads in, the fact that it could have been 3 0 already at this point. And again, it's it's and it's my I might just be micro examining this to death, but it felt like both of them had more time and usually usually are better taking that time. Salah, I've never ever seen someone score a penalty when the ref blows the whistle and they run up straight to. I usually you have to compose mm-hmm. yourself, um, even if you ask, even if you're gonna blame it, you know, you, you, like Lewis says, probably direction. And then Trent, he's probably got more time than he realizes as well. He probably yeah. has got time to make sure he gets he gets that spot on. He just felt the whole process from. Salah taking the pen to it going over the crossbar. It was like so fast. And I feel like both of them kind of could have, in hindsight, maybe just slowed it down a little touch.
3: Yeah, I guess if you have one sort of criticism of them, maybe, that, maybe it's that. I've seen, um, seen a tweet after the game, and apologies, because I can't quite remember off the top of me who it was, but um, about the fact that maybe we play too emotionally sometimes in terms of like the, you know, the buttons and sort of the general attitude of the mm-hmm. team, certainly first half. Um and I do wonder maybe if there's something in that you know, that it sort of goes to the Reds a bit. Um, maybe some of the other games as well in terms of you know, as you say, sort of having all those shots on target, it being nil nil, and thinking we, we can't have this happen again, or, or they they score and we go one down, even though we've made everything and we've dominated the game. Um, and I guess that's just the case of having having the, the faith and the belief. I mean, uh, that one from Trent later on where he almost scores and just you know from nothing essentially from from the you know from from the from the. Uh, the, the corner, um, you know, he's got the skill to do that, as you say, Mo in terms of pens as well and finishing. You know, we, we know he can do it, but um, I, I wonder with most likely whether it's just he's in his own head about the pens. Uh, they, they put his numbers up um, after the match, didn't he? And said, you know, he's I can't remember exactly what the worst four
2: or seven or something. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. missed
3: he's missed a lot of his last couple. And I just wonder whether he again, he's, he's in his own head a little bit about whether you know which way to go. Kind of, and you, you've mentioned that obviously with the keeper as well. So, but it's um, it, it's, you know maybe as the momentum builds this season if you like or whatever we end up doing it's something that you, you trust you trust the process more
2: absolutely you talk about lack of composure then Lewis and I want to move on to the Darwin thing here um, and he shows later. this isn't going to be and Darwin Nunes here yeah. but I do think your record sign and you'd expect him to score the chance obviously Botman has a bit of a stinker I think is it mm. Botman who kind of just misses the ball mm. Nunes is in one on one I think mm. um and he should score. And I think the Bravka had a good game. I think he did really well. Yeah. In that situation, I don't think he did anything out the ordinary for a goal. He kind of just starfished a little bit and hoped that the ball hit him. It did feel like that that's one where Darwin gets a lot of stick, and some of it's justified, mm. some of it's over the top. I thought Neville was a disgrace. Yeah. On some of it yesterday, on the commentary on Sky, for example, in the UK. But some of it is some of it is justified. Like he does really well later on. we we'll, we'll talk about his composure, but in those type of situations. You'd want your number nine to do better there. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think he'd say the same. You could tell he he whacked the floor in frustration. A couple of seconds later, you'd expect that when as soon as bottom and misses that one, you think that should be a goal. Yeah.
0: Nunez is his own worst enemy. I think he's in those moments where he doesn't have to think; he just has to hit it and just you know what was the goal last can't quite remember who it was against but um, one probably, well,
2: two against these as well yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 you know, he's,
0: he's just when he's in those situations where it's about placement and taking your time, just having a bit of composure, that's when he slips. When he's got to just whack the ball and you know it's it's an instinctive finish, that's when he's at his best. And I said it on one of the shows here last week that I think Nunez is better out on the wing because he's he doesn't have to be the focal point of scoring goals. He can just do what he wants. He can be creative. He can use his energy and tenacity to just... He can get at full-backs and just cause chaos, which is what he's good at. He, in those one-on-one moments, he's shown... Time and time again, that he just he, he lacks the composure to be able to slot it past the keeper. And look, it's it's going to happen. Some of the best finishers in the world have done it. I've seen Salah do it. Like yeah. you know, everyone does it. He does need to get start getting out of a system because it's all well and good. People saying like you know he's going to get like twenty chances a game. He's going to score like one or two of those. He goes. A, he went a month or so without finishing a goal, and a lot of those chances were really good opportunities. And yesterday showed again that. When you know the assist, which I'm sure we'll get on to, was fantastic and he played really well, other than that. But they're the key moments because if we went on and lost that game 1 0, that'd be the moment that everyone talks about.
2: Yeah, I agree, Just a little bit of lack of composure. Interesting because up to this point, then it's about half an hour fit, nearly 40 minutes, and actually, and Newcastle out of always bring an attack and they score. Um, now, I created it is offside, and again, it's very close offside. Um, it, it was out of nowhere. To be fair, like Liverpool played the line right, so you've yeah. got to give them credit in the end. You know, they, they got it spot on. But it, it it kind of like I don't know who it woke everyone up. I was like, oh, oh, my god, there's another no team <laughs> playing here because like <laughs> up to that point it had just been a tap first defense.
3: Yeah. yeah, it's 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 thingy, isn't it? It's like you can you can you can lure yourself into that thing, and I think that's where sort of like I say as a team you need to just do the basics you know like um, and I don't mean in terms of that like, like they were because they were they were playing brilliantly but it's like you know you don't necessarily have to go for you know the, the amazing cinematic shots overhead kick or whatever like you know just just do the basic things and as you say uh, nothing for me exemplifies that better than, than the defence and, and the line we keep you know how, how well drilled you have to be to do that and, same, and how disciplined as well and of dropping off and stuff but um it, it, it was just a good thing I think and I think you know if that goes in obviously and gets given we're all sat here fuming kind of thing you know thinking oh, here we go again and maybe the players heads go down and in that in thing that I think it happened in the way it did and the fact that it was offside mm-hmm. Um it, it, you get the same effect but either way Say so it, wake, it wakes the team up and you suddenly think no hang on a minute we've got to start." and I do I know obviously that was sort of before half time and the manager gets them in but you know I think the, the difference in sort of how composed we looked sort of that last five you know off the back of that versus the first five when we come out in the second half you know the fact that we're laying balls off to people in the area to try and score tap kind of thing um, I think all that comes from that and that that's the you know that's the sign of a team playing with confidence and assurance but it's also the sign of a team that's you know as confident in its own ability and maybe as I say going back to some of the earlier points that that's that's maybe the, the one thing you could level at this team is that they've they, they know they the good but they don't believe it necessarily and I think
2: that that helped them sort of get on top of that If Ten scored that goal just before our time it might have been the best goal I've ever seen and at yeah. first I was watching it and I just thought he'd just crossed it mm-hmm. and he just gone straight across goal for a throw in yeah. He is trying to score when he hits the crossbar, there's yeah. no doubt about it. He was inches away from scoring.
0: Like, mm. <laughs> like, it, was like
2: my it was like Marco Van Basten, Roberto Carlos <laughs> all ripped into one. Like he, he almost scored one of the greatest goals of all time. It might go, it's up there with Suarez. Yeah. You know when you go down the, the list of great Liverpool yeah, misses yeah. and that that you get get credit for how yeah. good he missed that. <laughs> that was I,
0: it was like my con at the 2010 World Cup that, he should, and I don't, I don't know if Gary Neville was being serious or if he was being like, oh my God, what that was incredible. When he was saying, you can't shoot from there, you can't shoot from there, and I, Trent can shoot wherever from wherever the fuck <laughs> he wants. You know, if he's gonna do that and almost score in if the post, that would have been one of the best goals I've not just Liverpool I like ever seen because that was an outrageous attempt and keeper had no chance of that. Trent, to me. He's he's become a man this season. I know it's a bit of a but he's he's matured, he's stepped up, and I absolutely I can't praise him enough for it. When he slides in and makes a tackle or like it's a latch this challenge, or you know, he gets team the way he gets the crowd going, like he'll show his hands in the air and start shouting and get everyone behind it. He's he's leading the team by example, and that shot is just the perfect example of fuck it, just have a go because you never know what could happen.
2: Oh man, it's been so good it goes in and gets chalked that one up in the Luis Suarez list of <laughs> great, great Liverpool misses. Our um, time comes and goes then, John, you're right, maybe Liverpool, because they start second half pretty well as well. It's interesting that the first goal comes and we'll speak about it now, it I would took 49 minutes in this game to get a goal but it, it, it is quite, a, quite staggering. It actually comes on the back of the Newcastle actually getting in our box and mm. Liverpool do, deal with the whole situation well and they go pretty much from their own corner flag to... Most Salah having a tapping mm. like that. You talk about like X, why your XG is so good when when there's a lad standing in the middle of a goal tapping a ball in from it. That that's why your XG is good. But the only bit, the only bit of the move, it's whether Darwin means the flicker was meant to go to Salah or Jones or whatever. But from start to finish, that is a wonderful team. Liverpool played right through Newcastle from one end, literally goal line to goal line. Salah was off three yards out when he taps it mm. in. The, the move starts pretty much near our corner, like that that's a really good goal and. and uh, an example that people can play through if you if you're given the chance?
3: Yeah, and it's, it's something we haven't seen enough. I think, um, you know, we, we've gone through spells, I think, under the manager and under um, under the, this, this change, if you like, sort of regenerating the team of, of of going back to what we were and sort of playing on the counter a bit. And if um, you, you forget that, that we're capable of that, you know, when we've been at our best as as a team under this manager, we've we've been able to sort of mix it up and play how we want, but also actually just play good football. I mean, um, you know, I don't want to take nothing away from the goal, but like if City score that, even if Arsenal, I think at the minute under mm-hmm. Arteta score that, you know, people are paring about it for sort of weeks online, but it was it was a, a brilliant piece of football, technical football, not necessarily just you know a bit of luck or a you know Allison plays it in, you know, from a goal kick to to, to Mo legging like, it in behind and scores kind of thing. Um, and, you know, that's that's when we're at our best, I think, at the minute. Because um, I think it involves everybody. And I think, you know, Lewis touched on there, sort of the Trent maturing and stuff. I think, you know, Casey Jones last night was fantastic. Okay. And, you know, I, I've, I've been guilty, I think, in the past of not necessarily thinking he's... Off the level. I think he's a very good player, don't get me wrong, but you know, there's, there's moments where I've watched them and been frustrated with them and things like that. But the last 12, maybe 18 months, I think he's been absolutely sensational. And he's, you know, he's a big part in that last night, as you say, whether he meant it or not, Nunes kind of thing. But you know, the, the composure to do that. And then obviously, we, we know Mo is, is nice in the veins when he's in the box, um, certainly after what had happened with the penalty. But, um, it was just a fantastic goal and like that's that's coached, that's knowing where people are, that's saying, you know, I'm gonna put this ball into an area and I know someone's gonna be there to run onto it kind of thing. Um and like I said, that that's Liverpool at the best under this manager, and we've we've seen it in sorts of fits and starts. That was the first time I've seen it this season and gone that I, that's the team I love.
2: cheers to Lewis and John for coming in and uh, let's move on straight yeah let's go to the Bias Football Podcast then you've got Paul, Chris, Dan and Chloe the Bias Football Podcast rather not the podcast that sounds like a fishing show the Bias Football Podcast gives us a chance to talk with other teams around the league have a little look at what's going on elsewhere so yeah shout this show from Paul and the guys let's do Man City next then obviously Ominous Game in hand <laughs> Ominous
6: Man City uh, Game in hand Having missed the, the Brentford game Not being played With the Club World Cup Of course
4: Third oh,
1: you, The big red Come on lad It's a good
4: time For them not to play Brentford from our perspective Because Brentford are terrible yeah. Right Shot now them. So yeah. we've dodged a bullet there but Third in the league
6: Five points behind Liverpool But with that Very ominous Game in hand <laughs> Chris Pajak Um yeah, look, it's Man City, so anyone who wants to write them off is just being a bit daft at this point. Um, but I would rather be in I'd, I'd rather be in our situation than in their situation I, this season. Not so much all the trophies that they've won in the last. 12. Yeah,
7: it's it's a really so one, isn't it? Because you know we talked about it a little bit on the podcast and stuff about how they've certainly got the ability to go and win loads and loads of games on the bounce, and you know we know that they've been there and they've done it as players, and they, they know how to win titles and trophies but I just there is something in me that says they're not as good as they were which means they, they can be got at and you know how many games have they lost so far this season? Four, three, three Three. defeats, four draws in the league so far. That's very un-Manchester City isn't it and we've not really seen them coming and they've they've gone through a bit of a sticky patch and you know if you're looking at the form of them in the first half of the season you would say that maybe that can be replicated in the second maybe teams can get at them and you know we they're very, very good. We know that. They've got the ability to go and walk the league, to be on, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. But this, mm. this Manchester City team doesn't look the same to me. Mm. On, so,
6: uh,
1: the, I was going to say, I think the squad depth is a massive one for them. We've seen how little changes he makes, but I think it's because also there's a lot of players on his bench that he doesn't really favour. Um, but I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the Champions League because... I think the Champions League is probably the weakest it's been in a very, very long time and I'd put them as nailed on winners and oh, when it, when, oh. it, I know it's bad but I'd, I'd put them as nailed on winners and the further into that Champions League one you get, you know, what becomes your priority because it's winning a league or it's winning a Champions League.
7: Not for him, he
1: just wins them Doesn't No, matter. he just wins <laughs> them both. But, that, but <laughs> I, I hope that does matter and he wins none of them by overthinking it because it's Pep Guardiola. Um, but that that's something I think of because I see them going all the way. I think it was sense. a
6: bit annoying was obviously not having Erling Haaland and <laughs> making it work without him for a bit. And this is where the, the fixtures kind of fell a little bit kindly the last couple of games being. Kind of there for the taking, but that's the one thing that they that they reminded me of is they went a full season without a centre forward. It's yeah. like it's very the purest form of Pep Guardiola's football doesn't need a, a number nine
7: in there. They went about five years with the wrong centre forward whose name was Sergio Agüero. Guardiola apparently hated and won the league every year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, um, so yeah, they've got they've and Foden
6: and Alvarez have just been keeping them Alvarez taking is over. Some player, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Alvarez. he is, and it's the Rodri thing as well. You know, he, he's he's the big linchpin to it. Stones picking up another injuries, Sam, but they've managed to cope okay without him for a lot of the season already. It would have been really nice if they'd just come back to a big test after the Club World Cup, and it hasn't happened for them yet.
1: Saying that, I'm pretty sure they have Newcastle it's at St James's, James's Park. Park. Newcastle have lost seven of the last eight in uh, all competitions. So Newcastle and Eddie Howe need absolutely something out of that game. Because mm. even a point is, would seem massive now to them mm. against Manchester City when they've lost seven of the last eight. Yeah. Um, it's a Middle and, East
7: derby as well,
4: though.
1: Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that St James's Park can actually show up. And... They just don't play a lot in January, Manchester City do they no. in the
6: league? Yeah, I they, mean, so their January fixtures in general. So obviously they've got Huddersfield at home in the epic third round on <laughs> <laughs> Sunday. Uh, they've got Newcastle the following weekend uh, away in the league. They've then got Burnley at home on the 31st. <laughs> and then yeah, you get into February. Then you've got Brentford. They've got is that that the reverse Brentford yeah. game? That's not the missing no. one, uh, which is something I guess Everton but it's then it it, it it gets interesting for them after that obviously when the Champions League comes back they've got Chelsea Bournemouth away is it a bit of a I'd rather have Wait, them Bournemouth now are like,
7: yeah you'd rather have them now yeah. than, the
6: start of the se- than the start of the season they've got the Manchester derby um, uh, obviously you've got the second leg of the Copenhagen game they've got us they've got Brighton they've got Arsenal they've got Villa that's the that's the killer run for them uh, when it gets into March yeah. but They've been dropping weird points, mm-hmm. so th- 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 that's the thing about Man City is you can you you just can't predict what they're actually going to do. You know, is anyone going to just turn up and, and turn them over? It's no way to live, um, but it means they might throw a couple of surprises up in the in the way. It? But that so that four game run, the night actually oh, well, from Manchester United, the second of March, Man United at home, second leg against Copenhagen, which might be done and dusted by them, but that's at home. They've got us at Anfield, they've got Brighton away, Arsenal at home villa at home and then actually Crystal Palace away, which would be an interesting
4: one. They often so struggle well. against them full stop, don't they? Really? But so much of this hinges for me on who's going to be the guy that stepped up to the plate like they've had so often down the years. It was Gunderman, Gunderman. for so long. Mm. It was Fins and Company previously. Who's going to be that this season? Kevin De Bruyne's a wonderful footballer, as yeah. Erling Haaland, but neither of them have really been that person. When the yeah. shit's backs against the wall and you've shit at the fan, who's going to be the one to say... It feels oh, like it's right Rodri.
7: This? It feels Could like be, a, again, it's going to be. Again,
4: incredible footballer, yeah. But they do feel... Not bulletproof this season, I would say, and a little bit more fragile than previously. And again, you, you write when you say everyone could sort of wish injuries upon other people, but more than ever before, big injuries are killing them this season. Okay. in particular,
1: it's January. Let's see what they do.
4: Should
6: we have a little palate cleanser from the top of the table uh, and discuss Manchester United? Yes, there's <laughs> anyone sure. up for that. Um, really, they know. Manchester United are currently seventh in the Premier League. How many Ooh. points
1: off top four and then how many points off they top? They
6: are nine points behind Arsenal in four. It
1: just doesn't seem like a lot, does it? Oh, it
6: for is for how them. Bad that's all, been. That's, yeah. That's, that's seven games but for but them.
5: For
6: much- <laughs> <laughs> but it's mad, isn't it? Because going into the game against us, they were in they were they were a deceptive team because everyone's General consensus was United crap, and then they kept putting up these and they were graphics right by of
7: them. Or right by yeah, it was it. they were
6: only a handful of points, and then it was they were putting these graphics up saying this is like comparable to some of the best starts the season they had. Now they've officially had like the lowest points tally they've ever had at this point of a of a, of a Premier League that season. That says to me
7: that they've been consistently excellent for years. If if they if it's a good start and one mm. of the worst starts, that's all that says, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But it's the, it's the it's the inconsistency
6: with them, and again. The expression I've used time and time again this season: basket case for football club. I and, know, and I think one of the, I think we talked about the Ineos stuff on the last show or something around that point. But like, it's being resolved, but it's still not resolved. So it was announced on like Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve that yeah. it's it's happening, the takeovers are happening. It's all it's not been fully ratified yet, but they know it's happening. The sporting operations being taken over by Ineos. But it's going to be February before that's even likely to have started, so they'll have missed the transfer window. All the athletics talk is they might look around at like the fringes of the transfer market for maybe a loan here or there, unless someone buys a player for mega money. Sancho's the one, isn't he? But by, by all accounts, there's mm. been no big takers for Jaden
4: Sancho. So you just reminded me, he's there January on the official club calendar. Yes. That's it. so good, is Jaden Sancho. Get it out the way. <laughs> yes. That's That's what what why would you even include him? Yeah.
1: Why bother? That's excellent. See, no. Teams
4: will always make that mistake. Isn't that bad? Isn't that mental, man? How many
1: points me? off top are they?
6: Off top? Christ. Which? Come on. I, I might need to get my fingers 14. and toes oh, out I'll for this one. Of yeah. 14. <laughs> 14. 14 points behind us which is lovely but yeah in terms of the form that United have been in lately it's just honestly uh, (laughs) genuinely Chris Uh, go back to let's go back to let's go back to the start of December for them they lost to Newcastle they beat Chelsea, big turning point. Lost to Bournemouth 3-0 at home. That was Bournemouth, I think, oh, yeah. first ever win at Old Trafford. Yep. Um, they lost to Bayern Munich to get knocked out of the Champions League. <laughs> sort of Com- confirmed. They had a big, historic draw with us at Anfield. Massive. And big, big point. That turning point. Uh, lost 2-0 to West Ham. <laughs> um, beat Aston Villa 3-2. High-flying Aston Villa. Big win turning point lost 2-1 to Nottingham Forest another um, turning point the turning point well it turns out the turning
7: it's turning downwards busy uh, it as fuck them. yeah <laughs> so we did it uh, I think you were off one week and yeah. we did our December fixtures yeah, and all yeah. that type of stuff from all of the teams that we predicted and so we went through Liverpool City Arsenal Spurs Newcastle and Man United I can't we, believe United not Villa carry on to be fair at the start of December Villa actually weren't there no they just went on a run at the start of December and then all of a sudden they were there because we were like oh god how didn't we include Villa anyway from all 8 games we didn't get one result right Uh like for United United, not one single result right which enforces the basket case of a football side
1: we also predicted them 11 points and when Chris sent me the, the graphic and said Man United minus four points. I thought to myself, well, oh my god, we predicted 11 and and they've got 15. Wow. And then I opened it and it was actually the odd seven. Seven. So even we over here predicted them to have more points. It's
4: this inbuilt sort of go to United must be good thing I must have in me. We all must have in us to say, oh, it's Manchester United, they're going to win games of football. Turns out they are genuinely horrendous. No, the thing
7: is, we only gave them three wins. Out of those eight, well, that was far too many. far too many. Um, we gave them a win against Bournemouth, yep. a win so against go on. West Ham. Go on, and on, let's over... go back. Go back to so when did it start? Everton. So the Everton game, we said was that November Everton. was that that was just after the corrupt stuff as well, wasn't Before it? Yeah. Have it was you got short. WhatsApp on the computer because you can just open our graphic? No, we
4: thought it'd be a bear pit, then yeah. we'd go to yeah. it, it'd be horrible.
7: Yeah, so we gave Everton the win then, and they lost. Yep. Um, a Man United obviously won We gave a Newcastle Man United A draw, Newcastle won We gave a Man United Loss against Chelsea And the, they won one. We gave them a win against Bournemouth they lost. <laughs> and they lost, they lost. See, We, we gave them king. A loss against us And they drew, we gave them a win Against West Ham and they lost We gave them a draw against Villa and they won And then we gave them a win against Forest and they lost Baffling. But we did
1: brilliantly on everyone else.
7: But it's
6: just I don't know why because we keep we look, we look at Man United and Anana's rubbish. Mm-hmm. Like Johnny Evans is an incredibly actually shrewd signing. He's their best centre half, but he's
7: but that was a shrewd signing when they first had him.
6: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to get Chris Morland back as well. Um But to think, again, that's actually a smart. Canny piece of business, but not for a club that should be
7: challenging for the title. It's a canny bit of business for Everton, mm. yeah. Yeah, 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 not for Manchester United. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manchester United have doing Everton's Willis by old Man United it. players, <laughs> but the conversations are turning
6: around. The players now they need to start shipping out. Varane's on that list now, and like Varane and should be in their top three or four best players. He should be their Virgil van Dijk, he's younger than van Dijk as well, I think, significantly. Yeah, he's a few years. He's under
7: 30, isn't he? No, he's not, no he? No way.
1: He might be
6: 30, at Don't most
7: believe like. that. Um, I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was 29 at the start I'm of the season, that. you know. Because I feel like he's been around forever. He's 30,
6: he's 30 um, now. <laughs> I said start of the season? Yeah, I'm no, sure no, no, the no, the season. no, no, no. When was I like was the it? that you really emphasised that now. Uh, he
7: was born in the 25th, oh,
6: so now he was 30. <laughs> he was 30 in April last year. Um, the, But yeah, you know, Casemiro's obviously fallen... Fallen a bit. Scott McTominay's come back into the team as like an important part of that that squad. Amrabat, who <laughs> literally was there, like the entire world needed a DM this year. Everyone did, and they were moving for a hundred million pounds each. And Sofyan Amrabat was available for about twenty million quid from January through to the closing of the summer transfer window. And Manchester United ended up getting him on loan because <laughs> nobody wanted him, and they couldn't dig in enough to sell him. They've got. I mean, obviously, Mason Mouth, I think we'd have all had Mason Mouth, So that sometimes yeah. you can just get things wrong, can't? You? Yeah. But like,
1: who are their best? They in signed coach,
6: the then? fucking lad who scored nine goals in Serie A for seventy million pounds as their mm-hmm. main centre forwards. He's got one in the league. He's got he finally scored his goal in the league. said it was the best day of his life. know mm-hmm. what they said
7: after that, he gets us.
4: <laughs> but, uh, like Garnaccio might be good Gets clear to Silva that's about it might be good Yeah is really good player At, up, at like... some
7: point, he's got to move to a bigger club But do you
6: know what Garnaccio is? Garnaccio is Liverpool uh, with Raheem Sterling under Brendan Rodgers yeah. He should not be their main player they're going to mm-hmm. fucking ruin him because he's you're putting too much on this lad and they've done it with Rashford already putting too much responsibility on young shoulders. That's why Sterling goes to City and he gets to be their fifth best player with a team of world-class players and a support mm. network around him and gets to flourish underneath that. United are just going to absolutely destroy actually It's great because look at
1: them. Who are Man United's top three players? Not ability, like because people might throw... Right it now, who are like, their, their best player? Luke, Luke Shaw.
7: Shaw. Garnacho. Fernandes has got to be in there still. Uh, I don't I think think they've he's even started called. to fucking turn a bit on yeah. him, haven't they? That new kid's playing okay? Could be um,
1: Johnny Evans.
6: Mm. I mean, Maguire's turned it around. Yeah, bit, Maguire actually
7: is probably in their top three best players at the moment. But on th- paper, they've got like the, the
6: Golden Glove winner from the Champions League last season. They've got Varane, Casemiro, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, Christian Eriksen. You know, Mason, but
7: these are all... Theoretically, all right, footballers Mm. aren't they? But they know why, though they are good footballers, but they've got a really bad coach. and I still think that Mason Mount would the work that Liverpool, I still think yeah. that Liverpool could have got a tune out of Amrabat if he chose Jayden to pursue Sancho. him. If Iran's playing for Liverpool, I think he's doing much better than he is at Manchester Sancho. United. Sancho exactly the same. What's the what? What is the thing? Paying too much, well, paying
6: far too much money for footballers. When you when you start throwing the cash down, yeah. it's like where's where's the motivation in that regard as well? Yeah. And then you're right. Is he the right fit for Manchester United? He's a disciplinarian. I think they kind of like that because Oli was such like a. Early, fairly happy, clappy. I've got Alex Fergus on the phone, lads, everyone behave oh, you know, the watchers on the phone. But... Yeah, God honestly. Without sounding
4: like having Evel, cool. the is clearly wrong, isn't it, at the club. Yeah. And it, it all comes this is back. Manchester to, yeah, it all comes back to Jürgen Klopp's no dickhead policy, and clearly that's worked wonders down the years, whereas Manchester United have had the opposite policy. The more dickheads, the better, essentially. Okay. Anthony, Bruno Fernandes, you know, oh. etc. The filter by interested, most expensive yeah. buy, uh, however, and uh, have got themselves in the situation I even bringing right back Cristiano Ronaldo, for I've been watching that uh, Captains of the World thing on Netflix, don't don't know, it's that. really good, by the way. Okay. But Ronaldo's in that, speaking about his Manchester United departure and all that, and clearly, albeit, you know, he scored goals for them, he just destroyed the behind the scenes of that football club and youngsters looked up to him and seen the way he was acting and it just stemmed throughout the entire squad the, now well he said didn't he i don't know who it was it was one of the people at, at
6: manchester said he, is he raised the bar in terms of his work rate and all that but the problem is is they weren't good no one was good enough to meet it so instead of like he was getting annoyed enjoy, enjoying that he was bringing people along he was getting annoyed with people not being as good as yeah. him which is which is but the it, wrong that thing is it? No, but no, that, no, no, no. What's
7: that famous thing the way he came out he says Carrington is exactly the same as when I left yeah what's that about yeah like you know <laughs> there's <laughs> my name scratched into a tree yeah, yeah, yeah. Ronaldo for Tevez forever yeah. <laughs>
6: Ronaldo for Ronaldo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more like yeah, yeah, yeah. sister forever <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not my okay. I Um yeah no I, the, it's great they're a mess and and the, every now and then you think they might just be about to kind of get their act together but it was the thing I think Goldbridge put it out didn't he after the draw like let's use let's, let them use this as a springboard and I, I think that they won't why would they it's, it, it's, they are so 90s Liverpool mm. it is ridiculous everything about it is just history repeating itself it's all the pundits on the telly who've all been through the successful years all slaughtered them for not being as good as that United team it's a bunch of players who were signed to be expensive but have got the wrong attitude it's a heaps of pressure from the fans who have got this like we've got we've got to be this good immediately at all times otherwise it's shit so there's no appreciation of the growth or the journey and ultimately Again, I, trying to fill big shoes of successful managers that have gone in the past and kind of loom large over the whole thing. It's great. To be
1: fair to Fucking them. Fucking great. It's always entertaining because they do not draw the game of football. Either mm. <laughs> the loser or the winner.
6: Yeah, fascinating football team. I love it. I, and I've said this for years: that I, I, Liverpool and me. Love. I don't like support another team. I support whoever Man United are playing. Mm. <laughs> so, like, and the, they, they've been doing really well this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. they are the having <laughs> a great season,
2: the teams that are Man United. Cheers to the guys there. Yeah. Brilliant show. But It's actually one of our most popular shows in terms of views and listens. The Bias Football Podcast people tend to love it. So, yeah. Hope you enjoyed that one too. Moving on then, Dan Club is back with another expert inside the January transfer window, is of course open. So, Dan. Dan's going to be on the phone to as many different people trying to learn as much as he can about a load of different players. This week it's Gonzalo Inacio of Sporting. When we want to learn about something from Portugal, our great friend Aaron Barton from Proshima Genada is the best man to go to. So yeah, check out Dan and Aaron's chat about the Sporting Centre half.
4: There's a lot of talk around, obviously you mentioned he's a left-footed centre-back. I mean, Liverpool fans are looking at him going, could he do a little bit of left-back? We've seen Joe Gomez do that of late, of course, and he's yeah. never done that for sport in those 145 appearances, as you mentioned. But is that something, I guess it changes when Trent goes into midfield, it becomes a high, but it it's essentially becomes a back three anyway. So yeah. that would suit him, I guess.
5: Yeah, yeah, definitely. To be honest, I think with the yeah the way that, the way that Liverpool play at the moment and, and the way that Trent operates, especially with the amount of space that it leaves for You sort of, as you say, to merge into that, into that back three, and and he has played. He's played as a left sided centre half in a back, in a back four, in a in a in a a pair, and a few times. I think he played for Portugal a few times there. Um, The game against Luxembourg, I think he was alongside, Ruben Diaz, and he had Diogo Dalot to his left. So, but yeah, I I think as you say, get he'd have to obviously get to grips with you know that specific. What happens when when you know sort of tank goes into midfield? But as you say, you're the you're the favourite defender over on the left hand side. Um, you know, slotting into left back is it something that he can do. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't put a past him. To be fair, he's uh, he's passed every other test with flying colours so far in his career. So um, yeah, and it, I just think getting him into those sorts of positions where he feels really feels comfortable and he's got space with the ball because his passing range is just amazing like his, his ability with the ball is tremendous some of his there's some highlights if you go on our twitter and literally just say it's just the name you, you'll see clips come up of like different assists that he's played over the years he's clearly someone that's comfortable coming out of the defense with the ball um you know he's he's tall as well he's still got you know like a decent physical presence the physicality of the premier league and playing up against you know some of the um some of the more physical strikers again will be something that he'll have to adapt to. It's just a completely different pace to the Premier League. But again, there's no, there's nothing there that really indicates that he wouldn't be up to the challenge.
4: Yeah, you mentioned some of his qualities there. And in terms of his style of play, then you mentioned obviously he's technically proficient on the ball and stuff like that. Is there anyone you compare him to? Is there anyone that springs to mind? Maybe a more seasoned campaign we've been around for a long time. Maybe somebody has been in the Premier League. Has anyone, if you looked at him
5: and gone, he reminds me of him? Um. I mean, there will be a few. I don't like making comparisons because I think it, it, it always comes back to biting and people are like, oh, you compare them to... to?" But I mean, he, as I say, his, his, his strengths lie in, in his ability to pick a pass. His defending, you know, is, is, is spot on. But again, he's playing for a team that, other than when they play against Porto and Benfica, they don't have to do as much defending. That's just because of the quality that they have. You look at his... You know his sort of his touch map. I had it up before, of you know sort of his touch locations, and the actual center center back like position on the pitch where you'd expect it to be. There's only thirteen percent of his touches there. After, like in front of the halfway line on the left hand side, there's fourteen percent, and then just on the halfway line, it's eighteen percent of his touches, which is the most. Um, is the highest concentration of his touches on the pitch. So that just shows you like he's comfortable with sort of playing that, that high line and playing further forward. And I think when you get him into those sort of positions, that's when he feels he's closer to the game and he can actually, you know, uh, make a difference sort of in attacking sense. But obviously as a centre-half, what you want is, you know, someone strong defensively and he is that as well. So, yeah, I'll let people make up their own their own air comparisons before I start airing. Uh, comparing them to, you know, a <laughs> There it is. There's a comparison right there. we boxed it.
4: Um, in terms of weaknesses then, you spoke very glowingly about him so far, but is, are there any weaknesses to a game whereby you can see he would need to improve that if he is going to become a future star of the Premier League or even if he's going to become the star of the Portugal national team
5: defensively? I No, I, again, maybe just... I think it's tactical, that sort of tactical flexibility of working within different systems. It's not even really necessarily... A, a negative because you can't, I don't think you can really hold it against them. Um, you know I, I don't think Amarim specifically plays a back three because he thinks Gonzalo can't really do it in a in a back four. I think it's more so he's just so suited to it, and obviously that's his system. So working within different systems and looking comfortable, I think whoever you know when he moves on, whoever he moves to, they'll have been looking at that and and they'll they'll know basically before they part uh, part with the money whether he's whether he's um, capable to do that. We haven't really seen as much of it just because we haven't, you know, the evidence hasn't really been there. But um, and then as I say, yeah, the maybe the 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 physicality of the Premier League, or perhaps just having to be a bit more, you know, maybe disciplined with with it. at times moving further forward. As I say, he plays so so high up just because Sporting mm. do, just because they have a lot of the ball. Um, I think teams in the in the in the Premier League, um, especially will be able to counter with so much more fluency and so much more accuracy and, you know, the the quality is just better. So you have to be, you know, a bit more apprehensive in terms of guarding yourself against those sorts of direct counter-attacks. So, again, that'd just be interesting to see how he, how he, how he does. But there's no coincidence that the, the likes of the, the clubs that he's being linked with mm. are all ones that are sort of at the top of the game and that are looking to have the ball and that are looking to dominate. He's not... You know, he's not been linked with, with any clubs that don't really have the lion's share of possession just because he's not really a sort of sitting camped on the edge of your box defender. Um, you know, he can do that when Sporting is sort of under the cosh towards the end of the games. You know, he's good in the air. He can get himself up. And then just, I mean, obviously not something that you're looking for in a centre-half, but just his, his prowess in front of goal as well is, is mad, you know, like it, just in terms of the, the amount of the Amount of sort of important goals or the amount of times that he's sort of been there, um, but I think that's just a sporting thing because I think Sebastian Quartes, as well, who Liverpool fans will know, um, very well, is the, is the same. I think he's got seven goals and six assists just in the Premier League in, in in his 95 games, which you know, that's that's it's not a bad return for, for the center half. I think you know, it's like five hundred minutes or something for, for per goal and assist around that. It's a, I think yeah. it's just over a thousand per goal. So it's not, you know, it's a uh, Liverpool are getting someone that if they throw him up for corners as well, you'll get um you might get an extra few goals a season. But yeah, I do think it's I do think he he's ready. I don't think he's one of those players that we look at and we think he's played in the Portuguese league and, you know, he looks good, but how will it sound late? Like? I think Inacio is one of them you're buying you're buying a player that's that's ready, and I, I put a lot of hype on him. To be fair, I've just realised in this, he's usually a little bit more um, subdued dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. If, I mean, he can prove me wrong if he if he turns out if he comes to the Premier League and he and he doesn't do a two elbow. Well, yeah, I can't see it
2: cheers guys for that one and finally on this week's episode of the Red Men weekly podcast it's JNO Insight time yes me and Neil Jones had a big chat the window like I said before is now open are people going to do anything what should they be doing and everything in between Yeah, a little bit of a primer chat for the January transfer window with me and Neil on JNO Insight might as well have a big chat about January a little primer Neil I think that's the best way to, to, to do this one at the moment is, um, what are we expecting are we expecting a quiet month there's been there's been a few reports out there from various people. Uh, just you know, not not expect too much. Is that your general sense of it as well?
8: Well, yeah. I don't think it'll be one of them. they are going to see loads of signings or loads of sort of offers made, to, you know, for players. But Liverpool have shown that if there's an opportunity, they'll that they'll explore it. And you know, I think, like I say, circumstances will dictate a little bit over the next few weeks. You know. It, to not, I wouldn't say they're on the tightrope, but they're not far away from being in a position where you go, that might have left us short. You know whether it was, you know, a Van Dyke injury or a, a Trent injury. You know, a Joe Gomez injury. That has the the, the potential to change things. I mean, you know, McAllister. You know, imagine they were to lose lose him, um, in in the next week or two. So there is that potential. I think it's more a case of if there's a if there's a player that Liverpool have have had their eye on for some time and he, he he's, there's an opportunity to do it now then that'll be that'll be what they would do as opposed to you know right the windows open we need to go and find someone I don't think it's in that position um, there's, there, obviously you've written underneath on it on do you think they should be in the market I do think they should be in the market I think they should let Nath Phillips go and I think they should buy a centre back yeah. um, but I don't think they're sort of thinking like that you know I think. They're, they're, they're more thinking well we don't just need to buy a centre-back Yeah, you know, if we can get centre-back A which is the one we want anyway then we will or we'll try but I think they should be giving themselves the best possible chance for winning a lot they could potentially win a lot this season and I think buying another player that just alleviates some of the pressure in the second half of the season at that in that position would really help
2: I suppose we, we saw a- the people haven't been averse to doing January deals. Gapo, Diaz, Minamino, Van Dyke. Like these are all in, in the mm. club area in the last five years or so. They have been willing to do it. A lot of them felt like players who the are half and iron anyway. Even Van mm. Dyke was a bit later than usual. Gappo and Diaz brought forward maybe competition yeah. from other teams.
8: Minamino was an opportunity. You know, Minamino yeah, had the release clause and was like a seen as a, as a bargain. Why not?
2: Exactly. I, I'm just thinking is that. Because obviously the Joel Matip piece is key in this. I think it, it all ties together. And that Joel Matip's injured; he's not going to play again this season. He's out of contract. You would like to think Liverpool have had all the ducks in and know what their plans were going forward. Whether whether or not the intended to offer Joel a contract, he might not have signed it. So the obviously had to have something there, like in plans in place for going forward. It feels like maybe if that person, whoever he or mm. he is, left, whether it's a, a left back slash centre back whatever they are. If that person is available, maybe that's something that he might explore. But it's it's, it's again we're having a lot of names about, but doesn't it doesn't feel like anything too concrete at the moment.
8: No, I and mean, you know said it himself, didn't he? he? Said people aren't people aren't queuing up to, to give away centre backs in January. You know top centre backs, and and he made he made that point. It has to be a top centre back. It can't just be you know someone who's played centre back before. It has to be someone who's capable of playing for Liverpool. And we've seen of them. You know it's it's. It's not easy, you know, that's why everyone's been so impressed by Gerald Kwanzaa, because we know it's not easy. We've seen Reese Williams come in, Nat Phillips come in, and you can see the difference, you know, you can see that as as game as they are and as talented as they are in their own way and their attributes, it's still a level up to play centre back for Liverpool. So of course, if if the player that they all, one of the players that they've identified for the long term is available, you know, whoever it is, whether it's in Capier or Ignacio or Marquay, whoever, then yeah, but that's an if. That's a That's a big if, you know. That the Crystal Palace would just say in the middle of the season, yeah, go ahead, to, to take him, you know. And oh, yeah, we'll give you we'll give you a good deal as well, you know. It, it's either going to cost a lot, or it's going to be very difficult or impossible to get them out. So I think it's just it's a it's a watching watching wait really, as opposed to us, you know, Liverpool really sort of. Spreading their net wide and saying like which which is the centre that we're going to get they'll know roughly who who they want or what type of what type of player they want but whether they're available now is less less likely suppose, or a lot less likely yeah
2: I suppose the United aren't the only one where that that one's probably a release clause involved a lot of these yeah but he's, a le- he's
8: also he's a left sided centre back yeah so you know that if Virgil's injured for the season then you go okay well there you go but he's not so you bring him in. And you've got two left-sided centre-backs, both you know one one's seventy-five million ones, sixty million. And you're thinking, okay, one of them is either going to play off there, or we're not going to play one of them, and it's not going to be Virgil. So that's yeah. that's another consideration. The thing about Matip is obviously it frees up a space in the squad. It frees up space in the Europa League squad, so you, you, you can you can fit in a new sand, There's no there's no problem there, but. It's just which is which is the player and who you know, how much does he cost, what's the avail what's the availability, what's the chance of getting him in January. Um and also and also the big the biggest one really is who's available, you know, come the end of the month. You know, if Robertson's back, you know, you've got all of your centre backs available, you've got you've got four centre backs then with with one of them being obviously a full back cover, you might have now Phillips just around the squad, you know, you're sort of like, well, we're not in that bad shape but it could be the opposite. It could be one where you go. we've oh, only got two centre backs standing here, and Joe Gomez is playing left back. Yeah. You know, Trent Trent's got to be dipped in and out. Conor Bradley's maybe not ready to, to to play Premier League games or whatever. Um, although yeah. I think Conor Bradley's actually at a decent level. Um, that that the circumstances dictate. Then
2: I suppose as well. It, it's the and you mentioned it before. It's like. The frustration can be sometimes like, just go and buy someone because we really want to win this league, I'm on top of it, and we probably weren't expecting ourselves to be but we found ourselves mm-hmm. here, and we've lost our first two centre back, and the next guy is being looked after. He's been injured and they're dipping him in and out. Now Gerald Quans has helped ease that burden because he's been brilliant. And Joe Gomez has been a revelation this year, he's not fullback, because I was ready to be yeah, honest. I, I was ready to say later to, to Joe Like if you wanted to. So they've got they, they have got some cover it's, it's not as dire yet, but you know. It, do you think it is because like the nervousness? If we've been here before, and we um, and we and you know February first a couple of years ago, you know Ozan Kabaka and and Ben Davies are getting rushed in on the, at the last minute because of the injury situation. That is the that's yeah. always the nagging doubt in the back of your mind, isn't it? It's like is there not is there someone you can get yeah. now and, and just but box there's a difference
8: off? because the the, the reason Kabaka and Davis was so bad was that that situation was there on the 1st of January and Liverpool waited till I think it was actually the 1st of February, February. when, they, when yeah. they signed them so that you knew that was like a, you've wasted a month sort of woman um, and iron or trying to trying to wing it you know and then you've ended up with those and Kabak and Ben Davis. thought oh, it
2: was the same, wasn't he? We don't need the midfield, and then Jurgen came with uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. That's another good example, yeah, yeah. of course. So that that the frustration, the the, the situation isn't there. At the moment Liverpool are, Liverpool are playing well, top of the league, and are putting out two strong centre backs every game, every game, a strong back four every game. So you know you're not in a position where you're like, well, just just like can't you see it? You know, can't you see the? Ob-? So this is a little bit more sort of insurance policy signing you know a bit like Diaz you know I don't think I think obviously everyone wants signings every transfer window but I don't think it was one of them where it was like if you don't sign a left-sided forward in 2022 that's that's the end of your your sort of your hopes of anything I think people just saw it as a you know that's that's a lovely little bonus you know obviously they tried to sign Carvalho at the same time didn't they Um that, this is a little bit more like it. It's 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 sort of you could really potentially you could make a big difference to you to you, uh, your your ambitions, your ability to rotate in in certain games. You know?
2: Diaz was that, wasn't he for sure? Oh yeah, it? I
8: mean yeah. Diaz. I mean Liverpool didn't win the big ones when after Diaz came in, but he was, was man of the match in two finals, and he, he started the third final. Wins and he's in he, a Champions League semi final. Yeah, he come off the bench <laughs> and save them in, over in in Villarreal. So yeah, he you know, had a big impact. Yep. You know and. and I mean, conversely, he probably had a big impact on Mane's form as well. Mane moved into the middle, and, and he, he freed up that kind of option. Um, you could get that again, couldn't you? You know, you've, you, you bring him in, you've got that option. That you, you only play Canate once a week. You know, you can sort of rest him out. You can you can play Joe Gomez at right back and move Trent into midfield. You know, just it just gives you a few more little bits to work with. I think you you said obviously is it because we've been here before it is but I think it's also that people have just are starting to wake up now to the prospect that, you know it'd be a really tough one to win on sunday but okay there's there's a treble on you know there's <laughs> a quadruple on if you beat arsenal you know you're like wow you know you've got fulham to get you've got fulham over two legs to get to a final there's there's one that's really possible to win favorites for the europa league you know they will take a good side to beat Liverpool over two legs or in a final very good side and I don't see too many of them in, in the in the Europa League and the top of the Premier League after 20 games you know I think that's where people are going give yourself the best possible chance to do it you know it might not come around again we've seen how quickly you can fall away from that position to to the sort of say the also-randers they were still fifth but that's I think what brings people into this conversation a bit more sort of come on Go and give yourself the best possible chance. You know there'll be people. We we we're only talking about centre backs. There's probably people who say, "Well, go and get a number six. You know, go go and get a, a hold midfielder because Endo's away for till the middle of February. Endo's been playing really well. You've got McAllister. What would McAllister be better further forward anyway? You know, what if he gets what if he gets injured? Can he play every single game? You know, is there a possibility to do that? I can see why people are people are in that position. I, I don't think Liverpool will buy a midfielder personally. Okay, <laughs> I, I think they're more likely to buy a centre back. But I can I can fully get on board with why people think they should, um, and why people think it could be the difference. And I can also to, to be the devil's advocate. I can also see why people say, well, it doesn't automatically do it. Arsenal went and signed Jorginho last year, you know, and it was it was seen as a master stroke to get this experienced player in, and he didn't win the league. And Jorginho doesn't have a great impact on the squad now. So it it doesn't make it, it it isn't the game changer, but it could be. Mm. It definitely could be from a Liverpool point of view.
2: Absolutely. If you what what's your expectations then again, this is just not, not on information, but mm. like guesswork. Like I am I keep saying I'm off the I'm off the field I don't think they will, but if they do, they might get a defender It's kinda of like yeah. one of those kind of
8: yeah. situations. I, I would I would you know, hedge me bets, I would say 60-40 they won't yeah. do any anything. Providing the situation stays as it is, you don't get any season ending injuries or you know long term injuries I think the left back one you know people saw some i do not I, I don't think you can sign a left back a specialist left back senior one um you can't have three in your squad, can you? They're all, they're, 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 no, they're, they're, they're you can't. The, no, exactly. You can I mean, you can, exactly. You'd have one of them that doesn't get on the bench. Then, the, you know, Simicast has got a contract. Robertson's obviously first choice. I don't. And, I'm, to be honest, and Gomez has been brilliant. <laughs> so it's not. You know, yeah. you, you've actually got three left backs in your squads if, if you want to want to look at it that way. Um, yeah, I would. I would say if it stays status quo and, and everything goes as it is, no. What, if you lo- if you were to lose a Kanati for two months or a Van Dyke or a Qua- even a Quanta then I think it, it opens itself so- so that you you probably should.
2: Yep. So, and they have and the surprises in the past. Like say the Diaz one was relatively relative, yeah. no as the Gakpo one was mad that we had no midfield in the world and we just went inside the left winger. Like they they, put, <laughs> they put do do mad stuff. And they have they have shown in January. Everybody says like we don't buy in January. They have they've shown no, a willingness they do, they to do, do it. They absolutely do it. It'll just be they're not just going to panic. I think they learn the lesson. They learn the lesson, but. They, they got knocked out of Kabak and, and and Ben David in it. And, and, it, Arthur. and Arthur and it, and it looks as that looks a bit panicky and looks a bit mad. I think you're better off just trusting what you've got.
8: Yeah, it. But it, it doesn't work. Liverpool have shown it, it doesn't work it, for them when they works. when they get someone when they go and get someone when it's you know and we we've, we've all been guilty of. I've, I've said it plenty. times, just get a just get a body in, you know, just get a, But it doesn't work because they can get injured if they're not ready. If they're not up to speed. I mean that season when they brought Kabak and Davis and both of them ended up injured. Davis didn't play a minute. Quebec played a few games, but he ended the season injured. It was, you know, so it's, yeah. it doesn't solve an injury crisis to buy a player that's got the potential to get injured. If the, you know, if if they haven't been playing a lot of football, if they're not used to the intensity, if they're maybe not at the level. But of course, there is there are the players that can make the difference out there. It's just whether Liverpool can get them or think it's think it's worth getting them now.
2: Yes, absolutely. and We saw we even even back in this one. We, we saw with the endo thing, things can move very very quickly. Like as well, like I was at home and, on Wednesday night at like a nine o'clock, and
8: all of a sudden this endo fellers on his way to the like, Things can change quickly. So it's and fit a place He's been a, he's he's turned out to be a, a, more, a more than useful more than useful addition, considering there may be the. What he was compared to expectations, you know, in terms of the sign, he's been a, he's been an excellent. Yeah, he one. said
2: himself, didn't he? he? got lucky not getting the ones he wanted. He said that himself, yeah, he, he said on the pitch, didn't he? <laughs>
8: um, yeah, how glad we are that it worked out this way. And good luck, to, I mean, we should probably say this now, but good luck to him and, and to, to Mo. You know, they're going away. <laughs> I, you know, how desperate Salah is to win that AFCON. You know, he's had he wants that
2: break, was a Ballon Bros, so you know. bad, he won, he?
8: Again, left out of the um FIFA Pro, 11, 23 yes. man shortlist, you know. The, i mean the players who were picked were, were pretty good but you still look at it and go where's Salah there come on um
2: alisson as well probably in the yeah
8: absolutely yeah um so good luck to him but good luck to endo as well you know, going favourites for the asia cup captain of japan could be coming back with a medal round his neck in, in in february and you know what a what a six months that would be for him you know considering where he was preparing for Potentially a, a season of slog with Stuttgart. You
2: can have the Ballon d'Or instead. Do you find
8: <laughs> when the age of couple of win the quads? Absolutely, Enzo. Get, hero,
2: I think get Enzo in the Ballon d'Or list. Yeah, but yeah, keep an eye obviously on the channel throughout the, throughout the window. We'll keep updated with everything we can around the transfer window cheers to Neil and cheers to you guys for listening hopefully you've enjoyed all those clips like I say if you want to check out those shows either in full video format or in full podcast format in your native podcast apps redmenplus.com is the place to go subscribe use the code CLOP you'll get a month for completely free absolutely zilch zero Nada. that you won't pay a penny for that first month so get yourselves involved over there and we'll be back next week with another Redmen Weekly see you in a bit